We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're talking wide receiver ranges of outcomes on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. I'm joined by Matt Friedman of the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. Matt, I have not asked you a random question, which I like to ask you these random questions in a while. I will have you answered after the show, but I'm going to introduce it now so you can mull it over. That sound good? Okay. All right. Okay. My question is this: Let's say that you were given a month where you could go to any location that you feel like in the United States, you could hang out there and you could learn some new skill or maybe gain some new experience, something that you've never done before that you've want to immerse yourself in for a month, but it can't be something that you already have exposure to. So for you, I'm going to rule out, you know, reading a bunch of books, right? Like we know that you've already done that. You were an English major, stuff like that. You couldn't do football research, stuff like that. You know, maybe it's something like you want to take up Whitewater rafting for a month. So you can think that over in the back of your head as we move on. Do I need to clarify anything in that question, though? Uh, Can it be adjacent to stuff that I have some interest in? Adjacent, but I want this to be something that you have. Sure. Like no real feel for super expertise in. Okay, super expertise in. Okay. Okay, so so let me just clarify that. Like, We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, we'll get there. Right, so this couldn't be like you start doing fantasy baseball or like you get into sabermetrics, right? Yeah. Okay, something like okay. that. Yeah. All right, yeah. we're going to open here talking about Will Fuller. The key question, obviously, Matt, with Will Fuller is 
is Deshaun Watson going to be in Houston? And then beyond that, does Will Fuller end up back in Houston? He's a free agent. I get that. But the range of outcomes tool has him at wide receiver 10, has him with an average point per game number of around 15. We know that when Will Fuller plays, he is a very good player. His ADP is at 34. Clearly, that is reflecting the fact that Fuller has missed games in the past, does appear to have some issues with staying healthy, and there's this uncertainty around his situation. But to me, at the end of the day, that delta of 24 wide receivers between his range of outcomes projection and his ADP is just way too, way too big. It's horrible. Uh, I mean, this is, I feel like this is a gift. Um, you know, he's going, as you said, uh, right, like uh, the wide receiver 33, 34 in that range, uh, which puts him around a, an ADP of like seven, eight, nine in terms, in terms of the round. Uh, that's right where he was going for a lot of the offseason last year. And I was drafting him everywhere I could in that range, even though at this point there's a lot of uncertainty. I think he's priced pretty close to his floor. Um, we know the talent that he has, even in a new situation, uh, new team, new quarterback. I mean, there's significant upside and not much downside with Will Fuller at his ADP. Like what happens if he signs with Green Bay? Like, his ADP is going to skyrocket into like round four or round five. Um, and even if he signs with a team that isn't that great, let's say he signs with the Jets, he's not going to drop much further than wide receiver 34. Like maybe he drops to wide receiver 40, which means he's like in round nine, round 10. But he's priced very close to his floor. So this is the perfect time to draft him. It's all upside. We saw that last year and we see it in his range of outcomes. Yeah, I mean, this, like you said, it is an absolute gift. I would definitely encourage people to get in on it now. I don't think we need to say anything more about that. Let's move along and talk about a player that we might have spent more time talking about on our airwaves than any other player, Matt. And that is Juju Smith-Schuster, who actually has a super strong range of outcomes in comparison to what people might be thinking. His historical distribution score puts him at 14. He has an average PPR of 14, a low of 12, high of 17. Like Fuller, there's this question of where will Juju be playing in 2021. So I do think that this discussion about Juju kind of cuts at the heart of what you believe his actual level as a receiver to be. He's going at an ADP right now of 29. That's a difference of 15 spots. Before we talk about the value that you might be getting there, let's come back to the question of how good of a receiver do you believe Juju to be? This is painful. I mean, it's at the point where I don't, I don't think he's all that good anymore, but it, it's so hard to know because last year he was playing with two very good wide receivers around him on the outside. They were basically sequestering him into the slot and he wasn't being targeted down the field by Ben Roethlisberger. And so it's just, it's hard to know exactly if this is a juju problem or if this is a, a Steelers slash Roethlisberger problem. Um, I'm inclined to believe after what we've seen the past two seasons that is, I mean, a chunk of it more than I want is on Juju. 
Um, but wherever he goes, he's still going to be targeted. I think, you know, like at a league average rate, probably a little bit more than that. The question is just like, can he turn those targets into yards? His efficiency I mean, it's it's sad, the rate at which it has declined. He had 11.6 yards per target as a rookie, which was just incredibly elite. You knew that that wasn't sustainable. Fine. He regresses to 8.6 in his second season. And you think, okay, somewhere around 11.6 or somewhere between 11.6 and 8.6 is probably who he is realistically. So you put that together. is what he was doing on a yardage per target basis his first two seasons. But after that, 7.9 yards per target in his third season. And then last year, just 6.5 yards per target. Like that is, that is a really bad number. And it, it just, it makes me incredibly skeptical. That said, like if there's any enthusiasm out there about Deontay Johnson, like Johnson had 6.4 yards per target. So like, there's a chance that like, if we're excited about Johnson and a lot of that has to do with the volume that he was getting, but like Juju in terms of like a yards per target basis, Juju was actually still better than Deontay Johnson last year. So, you know, I, I vacillate back and forth on this. I think going around, you said wide receiver 24, 29, wide receiver 29, 29. that's, that's probably where he should be going. It's it's just, it's so like, I don't think he's going to do much worse than wide receiver 29. Like, you know, maybe he's a low end wide receiver three. There's maybe some room for upside there. If he gets with a new quarterback, new team, uh, it still has decent target volume, but I don't know. Like wide receiver 29 is probably pretty efficient. Yeah. So when I've been thinking about Juju, I'm trying to think about what his seasons could look like in some of these landing spots. Teams that I've seen some people write about him potentially going to would be the Raiders, the Jets. I've even seen Jacksonville floated out there. In my mind, if I'm thinking about these as examples of what I could expect, I definitely don't see him becoming a wide receiver one for fantasy purposes. It's possible he might be a wide receiver one on some of these teams, but I do think that um, that low-end wide receiver two range is probably where I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable about evaluating him. Uh, it's interesting, though, like the, the contrast between him and Deontay Johnson because the range of outcomes tool puts Johnson right behind Smith-Schuster. They basically have identical numbers across every measure. Um, But Johnson is going at uh, pick 22, which given the stability that he has, knowing where he's going to be probably is the reason for that. Um, Let's hit one more player, Matt, before we take a break. That's going to be Brandon Cooks. Now, I believe that in a couple of episodes that we've had already this year, you've you've been a little bit uh, more keen on Brandon Cooks than some people out there might be. He actually scores fairly well um, in the range of outcomes tool, has a distribution that doesn't get too many players over the 20 mark, but uh, is still pretty favorable. You do have the question at quarterback that has put his ADP down to 40. His range of outcomes projection puts him in around wide receiver 27. So 
there are going to be some potential moving parts there if Will Fuller doesn't return. Let's just think about Houston right now under the guise of Deshaun Watson with Brandon Cooks there and no Will Fuller. What in that scenario do you think his upside is? I think in that scenario, it's something that's even a little bit better than what we saw last year. Uh, so uh, 1,100 uh, or 1,150 yards last year as a receiver. I think like 1,250 is uh, like well within reason if there's no Will Fuller. And I, I think it's safe to assume there won't be Will Fuller. Yeah. Um, if Deshaun Watson stays, which is a big if, but even if Watson leaves, I kind of don't care. I mean, that lowers the ceiling for Cooks, but like how high does his ceiling need to be for him to provide value as the wide receiver 40? Like this is very much like a Will Fuller situation where Cooks is priced near his floor. Even if you're assuming that is, you know, like some crap quarterback, like a rookie, a career backup coming in to start for a year, whatever it is, like Cooks is going to be the number one receiver in that offense. He was even the number one receiver for a chunk of the season last year when Fuller was there. You know, like Cooks at that point was still out targeting Will Fuller. Um, if it's again, it's a big if, but if Deshaun Watson stays, like Brandon Cooks ADP can move up two to three rounds. Yeah. If, if Watson leaves, yep. Cooks ADP isn't going to drop at all. It might drop around, but it's it's not going to drop. So just like with Will Fuller in round eight, you're thinking like, you got to take him now. It's the exact same thing with Brandon Cooks. You know, it's kind of interesting too thinking about Brandon Cooks in comparison to his closest match, which was 2018 T.Y. Hilton. Now, Hilton was a player that at that point in his career, I had kind of soured a little bit on. Um, you know, there was going to be that change heading into 2019 at the quarterback position. Hilton still ended up putting up 12 and a half PPR points. Seven targets, five wrecks, 50 yards, half a touchdown per game. That feels like to something to me that could very easily happen for Cooks. I kind of see some corollary there, and it makes me think of off the top of my head at the end of last season, I might have been undervaluing Cooks, thinking that he was kind of at a different point in his career than he really is. But now that I've reevaluated, I look at this ADP of 40 and I'm saying to myself, it is time to definitely get in on some cooks because there's not a lot of downside, fair amount of upside, like you mentioned. Let's take a quick moment, though, for a word from our sponsors. Then we have a couple other receivers that we want to talk about. Hey, Rotoviz radio listeners, this is Curtis Patrick. And two of my favorite simple pleasures in life are good whiskey and sleeping on really nice bedding. Where do I get mine? Brooklinen. Most of us are going to spend 30 to 35% of our adult lives in bed. It's just not the place to cut corners. Well, my people, Rich and Vicky over at Brooklinen, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, materials to fit your needs and your tastes. They're so confident you're going to love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear. 
I've got the graphite window pane collection and my wife absolutely loves it. All their stuff looks great. You can order anything and it's gonna make you and everyone else in your house happy. Having a clean, fresh bedroom set, it's just one simple thing you can do to start and end your day like a champ. Go to brooklinen.com and use our promo code ROTOVIZ. You're gonna get 25 bucks off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code ROTOVIZ for $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. brooklinen.com, promo code ROTOVIZ, Check it out. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you. As We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. So the player that I want to open this segment with, Matt, is C.D. Lamb. His historical distribution score puts him in at wide receiver 33. He has a really interesting distribution in that you might call it bimodal in that he has a high concentration of comps going between 8 and 12 points, then he also has another concentration where those players are closer to 15, 16, 17, comes out with an average of 12.7 points, a low projection of just 9.8 points, a high of 17. 
without even bringing the ADP into consideration, Matt, does that feel like an appropriate range of outcomes? This is a player that had a pretty solid rookie season. Matches to guys like Kiki Kuti is his closest match. Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Michael Floyd. Willie Sneed was in there. D.K. Metcalf, year one. Omari Cooper, year one. Sammy Watkins, year one. Justin Blackman, A.J. Green, Deshaun Jackson, Kenny Galladay. All of those guys from early on in their season. More good names there then bad. You're the Cowboys fan. Feel to uh, take me through CD. I, I think the range of outcomes is a little bit low yep. um, because I don't think that it would really incorporate the idea of him moving into his second season uh, and then uh, his quarterback returning. Yep. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit low and you would see that reflected in his ADP, which I think his ADP is a little bit aggressive at wide receiver 17. Um, but, you know, I do understand that people are probably optimistic on what he can do. The idea of Amari Cooper going at wide receiver 15 and then Lamb going two spots after him, um, that just feels a little bit too much. But he does have, I mean, he does have a little bit of an elevated floor because of the rushing ability that he has. You know, he did have 10 carries, 82 yards, added a touchdown, um, actually had over a thousand scrimmage yards last year. It's hard to think that he won't take a step forward, both in terms of the number of targets that he gets, uh, the yardage that he has and the number of touchdowns that he scores. And so, you know, thinking that he's going to take that step forward, it's not unfathomable that he's a guy that has like 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. And, I mean, if that's the case, all of a sudden, it's not like he's all that far from having like an A.J. Brown type of second season or something that's like approaching a D.K. Metcalf second season. So, the, like, the ceiling is there. Um I'm just, I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical because the idea of him going in the same range as, I don't know, Terry McLaurin, TJ Moore, uh, you know, I mentioned Amari Cooper going a couple of spots before him. I don't know. I just don't think that he quite belongs in that group. Okay. That is fair enough. I do like Lamb a fair amount, um, but the 17 is probably like right around the point where he would even start to become an option for me. Uh, let's pop over though uh, and transition into Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley, the range of outcomes tool really, really likes. Now, one thing that it might not be able to pick up on when it puts him in at wide receiver three is the fact that Julio Jones last year spent a lot of time playing hurt, something that I think Julio does tend to do a fair amount though, Matt, but it puts him at nine targets a game, 77 yards, a half a touchdown, an average PPR score of 16.3. Obviously, a very strong distribution. Thinking about Calvin Ridley in terms of a top wide receiver, does it feel appropriate to you to have him come in in the top five? Yeah. Um, I, the thing is, I think there's a really big tier. After Devontae Adams, after Tyreek Hill, I think you can make a case for, I don't know, maybe like eight different guys as the the wide receiver three. Yep. You know, like it's probably Stefan Diggs, 
or DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas, but like I think you could make a case for Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or Calvin Ridley. Yep. Um, and so wherever you are looking in that tier, um, Ridley, I think, is someone who stands out, especially because he's going at the bottom of that tier right now as the wide receiver nine. Like he's yep. going in the third round. I think he should probably be going in the second round. So I think Ridley provides a lot of value right now at his ADP. We saw his ceiling last year. He doesn't even need Julio Jones to be injured right? Uh, to have big performances. You know, like as long as he's still getting targets, and I think he will continue to get targets. Um, I mean, he's he's the man. So, I mean, I think significant upside from here. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely agree. And he was number one in air yards last year. Of course, you know, Julio not being yeah. at full strength might have impacted that, but he was still at 14 in air yards per target. Uh, you know, there was the talk about his inability to put up yards after the catch. Still managed finishing number four in receiving yards with seven in targets, fourth in PPR per game, fourth in expected points per game. Yes, we know there might be a little bit of a step back there, but the point is, to me, he's firmly entrenched as one of these top-tier options. The final player, Matt, that I want to talk to you about is T. Higgins. So this is another rookie receiver. Really um, was able to make an impact for Cincinnati once he got going, kind of replacing A.J. Green to bring in a new two-wide receiver look for Cincinnati with him and Tyler Boyd, the range of outcomes app puts him at around seven targets a game, 59 yards, 0.3 touchdowns, an average of 12.7, low of around 10 points, but a high of 16.2. It likes him less than his ADP. It puts him at wide receiver 28. It's interesting that his ADP is wide receiver 19. Which one of those is more off, the range of outcomes evaluation or the ADP evaluation? I think I prefer the ADP. Um, I do think he has significant upside here. So like I get grouping him in the CD lamb territory um, because he is, it's a similar situation to lamb where he's entering his second season and he will be getting his quarterback back. Um, You know, Joe Burrow missed a chunk of the season last year and Higgins, um, you know, didn't do much in his first two games and uh, didn't do much in week 17, uh, was injured, left the game early. But in his full 13 games as like a, a real contributor in the offense, I mean, he was lights out, you know, averaging, extrapolating to 16 games, averaging over 1,000 yards, close to 1,100 yards receiving, um, you know, seven touchdowns receiving, extrapolated. Like it's – it's a, a real situation where I think he will be better this year than last year. And, you know, he was a second rounder, but he was like the first pick in the second round, you know, like right there. Uh, so he's got the draft capital. He was just 21 years old as a rookie. So like, that's the kind of thing you love to see that he was that productive at just 21 years old. I don't really see much of a difference between what Higgins did last year and what CD lamb did last year. In fact, like I prefer Higgins situation because I do think he's going to be the number one there. Whereas lamb is going to have to compete with Amari Cooper Uh, as you know, prolific as Boyd has been at getting targets, his direction. I don't think that's going to be nearly the case this upcoming year. So 
uh, even though Higgins is cheaper um, than CeeDee Lamb by just a couple of wide receiver spots, I think he should be going ahead of him. Yeah, getting Joe Burrow back is huge. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd's a good receiver, but I don't think that there's a huge argument that T. Higgins is more of that alpha receiver, probably a better receiver overall. You talked about that solid rookie season. He gets comp to a number of tremendous players in the same way that Lamb did. I'm going to run you through them. And many of these guys that I'm going to list are all from, actually everybody I'm going to say this is getting comp to either their first, second, or third year. Sammy Watkins, DK Metcalf, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Robbie Anderson, A.J. Green, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Demarius Thomas. That's another list of names there with a lot of good players. That's a great list. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just giving you an idea of the type of cohort that Higgins got himself into. I'm feeling very encouraged about him. Uh, you know, it's really hard not to like him. We, we both touched upon Joe Burrow coming back. Um in comparison to Lamb getting Dak back, is it a more is this something like which player is this more important for? Do you think that it's actually just equal? I think it's probably more important for Burrow uh, because you know the I think the drop from Burrow to the other quarterbacks in Cincinnati was pretty big. I mean it was it was big in Dallas too, but like yeah. Dalton was at least like a professional quarterback. Um, Burrow, I mean, he's entering his second season along with Higgins. So he should be significantly better this upcoming year than he was last year. Even if he's not significantly better, at least a little bit better. And if Higgins takes a step forward, uh, I mean, that's, that's like a lot of potential there with both of them progressing. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm much more optimistic on Higgins than I am on Lamb. Cool. Uh, the final name that I want to mention, Matt, I didn't have this on the outline, but DJ Moore slates in at wide receiver 12 with an average projection that puts him around 14 points per game, a low of 12.3, a high of 17. People lost some of their hope, some of their faith in DJ Moore last year. But this range of outcomes speaks to the fact that there's still a lot of potential for Moore in what didn't feel like a crazy season. Now there's the possibility that there could be an upgrade at quarterback. Not that that's necessarily going to happen, but he's going at an ADP of wide receiver 18. Has DJ Moore lost his luster in your mind? Are you still super excited about him heading into 21? No, I, I want him everywhere. You know, like yeah. get it in uh, round five, round four, round five. Like I absolutely love him. He's, I mean, you know, someone posted this on Twitter. I think it was maybe the Yahoo account, but he's the only wide receiver to have over 1200 yards from scrimmage in each of each of the past two years. Um, I mean, and granted some of that came as a rusher, but you know, like he does get some carries, um, but the touchdown thing is annoying. Um, the fact that last year, the way he was used is a little bit annoying because now he's not getting as many receptions. So not as good in the PPR format, but still, you know, able to get a lot of yards, actually more efficient now at turning yards into targets. Um, I mean, he's going to have more than four touchdowns this upcoming season. And I think 120 targets is probably his floor. Um, I want him everywhere. Like the 
I would say the perfect way for a draft to unfold for me, like as I'm starting to to think about the board a little bit, yep. is getting, you know, DJ Moore in round five, getting Will Fuller in round eight, getting Brandon Cooks in round ten, um, and, and then you know, kind of filling in from there. But like there is significant wide receiver value on the board at key spots. And like those are the guys that I'm identifying right now as the ones who offer what I think is clear value. Got it. All right. Well, that's all I had for us in terms of fantasy football discussion. Have you landed, Matt, on this experience you want to take in, this skill you want to hone, or this new knowledge you would like to obtain? Uh, yeah, I think I would want to, you said a month, right? A month is what I get. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can get a month. Okay. So I would probably want either one of two things and maybe both. I would want either, um, like severe, like data boot camp mm-hmm. where, uh, I learn how to do data things and code maybe at the same time. I'm imagining it's hard to do data stuff if you're not also learning how to code. So uh, learning to do that and or learning uh, stuff about not necessarily like the stock market, but about trading, whether that's like trading equities or trading currencies, but um, kind of learning how to apply coding so that you can build tools to see what has happened historically when you've seen certain patterns, because they're like day traders. will talk about momentum and, you know, like different flag patterns popping up and it's like, okay, all of this is interesting, but it's also kind of theoretical unless you can actually point to like a historical number that shows like, okay, when you see this pattern, this thing follows it 60% of the time. Right. And so like you never see anything like that. So to get a sense of what traders are looking at and then to be able to build some tools that uh, actually give historical data on the things that traders look at, that would be really interesting. And so like, if I could start to learn how to do that, that's what I'd want. Yeah. I actually took a class with a guy that um, had been doing like a mixture of coding and uh, different types of trading for like 30 years. And he was talking about like algorithmic trading and like all of these different, uh, like valuation methods and, and and just like absolutely crazy stuff, um, which w- would take years and years to learn. But I think you're right about the fact that you'd probably want to do a lot of that that stuff in step. But yeah, super interesting, all kinds of stuff to do there. I will offer you this though, Matt. You probably could start doing some of this stuff outside of having the month. Yes, I'm aware. But you're also speaking to someone who literally cannot figure out how to get an email in exchange for a, <laughs> a PDF. So uh, I'm a little bit limited in my capacity. That's funny. Um, so my dad gave me a frantic call up. Um, I forget exactly when this was, but it was funny. This was a funny call to me. I got a frantic call from my dad. He's like, I'm going to some meeting and I'm trying somebody I work with sent me um, a Word doc, but they need it in a PDF. Like, what do I do? And I was like, all right, just go to Google and type in Word to PDF converter. He looked it up. I talked him through it. And he's like, wow, Dave, you really know your stuff. You really, you're really good at this stuff. And I was like, 
my brother has shown you the mock draft simulator that I've made and has showed you like some of these other things that require like actual coding and stuff. You had zero reaction to that stuff other than, you know, maybe you should start looking into the stock market and, and forget about this fantasy football. Yet, me telling you to Google PDF to Word doc converter is what got you impressed. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, that's fantastic. Um, you know, the, the other thought that I'm having here, Matt, too, about about the fact that you're having these struggles, um, you know, you're still on a desktop computer, dude. Right? Like, come on. I, I, you, I, did you have a point there? My point is, I'm not surprised that you're struggling to keep up with the uh, advances in technology while you're still on a desktop. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. All right. Uh, have you met anybody, anybody younger than 35 that still uses a desktop? Uh, yes, many people, uh, like, especially like in a corporate environment, if they have an Apple. Okay. Right, like, okay. All right. All right. So do you have a personal computer that you use? Yes. Is that the desktop? Yeah. I also have a laptop. Oh, okay. All right. All so right. I will sometimes go back and forth between them just depending on what I'm doing. Okay. All right. That That's fair enough. All right. I, uh. I will, uh, I will accept that. All right. Should we close this down? Please. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. That does it for this episode. You can reach us at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to Rotoviz and Brooke Linens for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.